Hi, I'm Jennifer and I'm an addict. Good morning, I'm Lee, I'm an addict. Hi, I'm Paul and, I, and I'm an addict. Douglas and I and the crew are on the road again. We are at the Greater Pensacola area. Camp out called the Howl. So we brought the podcast out to the woods. We're going to have some different voices share with you on spiritual principles. We're calling it our higher power at the Howl. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, everyone. We're here at the Howl. We're here with Carl. He's going to speak on willingness. What's up, Carl? What's up, Doug and Paul? Hey. Carl, can you tell us your clean date? Where you attend meetings, and can you give your home group a shout-out? My clean date is January the 6th, 2015. My home group is Open Mind in New Orleans, Louisiana. And I attend meetings, I guess, wherever they're at. All right, very nice. What are your thoughts on willingness? Thoughts on willingness. So, I mean, if you read the How It Works, it kind of starts off with telling you about the principle if you're willing to make the effort to get it. You know, and that's the big piece of it is it's a principle and sometimes we forget oh I have to feel a certain way to do something but really it's a principle I practice and I think I started to to practice it early on and I've incorporated it we've talked a lot about making my bed Mm. you know so I'm in rehab and there's all these new things of making your bed getting up on time making breakfast making group and I started to see early on that willingness, the practice of willingness is really about overcoming the mind. You know, so I'm, I know there's certain things I need to do for f- being functional, being a productive member of society. And that's really where it comes in is overcoming the mind. So it's like I started off making my bed. And every morning I would say, fuck making my bed. <laughs> and then I would get up and make my bed. And yeah. I continued to do that over and over, which eventually becomes discipline. But in the beginning, it's really for me, it was about practicing the willingness of doing it, overcoming my mind, doing something I don't want to do. And even as a child, my dad would say that to me because I would complain about going to school. I couldn't stand going to school. Um, I wanted to play all day. And he would say, Carl, the truth about school is you're not going to remember probably anything you learn. But it shows that you can do what you don't want to do and you can do it well. And basic things are real clear about that too. It's like we, we do whatever we have to to stay clean, that's even it. the things that we don't want to do. That's right. it. And, and that's a big piece of it is learning to practice that, go to meetings when I don't want to go to meetings, call my sponsor when I don't want to call my yeah. sponsor. Um, and it's brewed, it's brewed from that place. So anything I practice, that's why I continue to make my bed every single day because it is an act of not only discipline but willingness. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course I get in, I get into recovery, and I felt very motivated. And I don't even know if I was really practicing, to be honest, willingness. I think it was out of a place of more like desperation. I felt compelled to do all of it. But after I had time, you know, sitting down to write step work, sitting down. Oh, the noise got to just be willing to continue <laughs> and willing to even with, with the it. ambient noise of yeah. the camp out we have to be willing to be here <laughs> but i think that, that i started to really see willingness more that I've, now that i've had time you know mm-hmm. i think the practice of willingness has really come into my life more as time went on because in the beginning i was so desperate i just was i just did it yeah, there's different layers to willingness 
really is. It's like that, that, the sting of active addiction is so is so fresh and so painful getting clean. It's like, man, I'm willing to do whatever. Tell, tell me what to right. do and De- I'm in with it. Desperation. That desperation leads to willingness. But what happens when desperation starts to wane or starts to ease up? How is the willingness then done? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll, <laughs> to maintain. Maintain, <laughs> maintain the, low the willingness. willingness. And I've there's, a, there's a part I love in the... Um, living clean book and it talks about desperation to passion right mm. there must be a shift because eventually desperation is gone i'm still practicing my willingness because i'm like shit once the time is there and you feel manageable and life's peaceful and all that it's like fuck do i really want to sit down with the sponsor and do four hours of step work mm. Mm. you know but through <clears throat> through practicing it i gain all the benefits and rewards so it's like running, you know. I, I go out and you know, I do these runs and stuff to push through the the willingness to push through discomfort. There's always the positivity on the other side. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, everyone. We're here at the How with Ray T, and she's going to speak on ser- service. But first, Ray, can you tell us your clean date? Where you attend meetings, and can you give your home group a shout out? Yes, my clean date is October twenty third, twenty twenty. I attend meetings in the Pensacola, Florida area, and my home group is Third Tradition. So Third Tradition! Yeah! You're, you're coming up. You're coming up on two birthday cakes, then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> right, right up. Two, two whole cakes. Two whole yeah. cakes right All right. What's your thoughts on service? So for me, whenever I first got here, everybody kept talking about how service was helping them stay clean, and that I need to get called in service straight away. Um, service made me really nervous. I remember the first thing that I really didn't want to do was make coffee. <laughs> you didn't want to make it? I didn't know. Why? Why, why? why didn't you? Why? Like somebody's listening and they, they've been offered a position and they don't want to do it. Why did you? Why didn't you want to do it? So to be honest, I didn't know how to make coffee. <laughs> which which has stopped whole. none of us from drinking. <laughs> like that's not a prerequisite. I didn't want anybody to know that I didn't know how to work that thing. So fear uh, that yes, fear exactly so much fear and same with the readings too because I, I was told that's where I should start was with readings and coffee so those are the kind of the simplest things to do I didn't want to speak in front of anybody I didn't really want anybody to know who I was and I definitely didn't want you guys to know that I didn't know how to do things so I remember actually asking the opener if they could show me how to make coffee and that was a huge that, that made a huge impact in my recovery because that was me being vulnerable and I and I grew ultimately from it from being vulnerable. Bro, and, and that, that applies to all areas of service. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, can Absolutely. you show can me? Can you how show to me do how to do this? Yeah. So. Like that's recovery in action. Mm-hmm. And 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 I you would be hard pressed to find a group if you go up to a group and say, Hey look, can I serve in some that they're gonna say, No, we have enough people to serve it. <laughs> Never you know has I mean? like, been you said find, in a service yeah. meeting, we don't need your help. Never, ever. <laughs> You're be able to find some, some, yeah. Yeah. And so so with that, you know, we, we have a friend Will, he always talks about he's like, look, setting up the chairs, making the coffee, doing that, that's the highest form of service. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the highest yeah. form. So when you're working with, you know, girls getting clean now what, what's that conversation about service look like? So I tell them, you know, what worked for me, um, which was start starting there, starting with readings, get my name out there, um, get let the group get to know me, um, make coffee. If there's something that I don't know how to do, and if somebody asks me to do something, if somebody asks me to serve, I say yes, even if I don't want to. I gotta have that willingness there. And I hold never, on, Ray. Hold on. 
So when someone asks you to do something in it, you know, for recovery, you don't say, "Hold on, this might throw my life out of balance." Um, we say, "We say yes," but that's the yeah. you know. Especially, especially yes, when it do comes it. to being asked to speak, my ego, my disease is like, "Oh no, you're gonna mess up. Like you don't have anything to offer, you know." But I really have to push past that, you know. I, I can differentiate my disease from myself today. And, um, That's a good perspective. I don't know if that actually, that piece, I don't know if that ever goes away. When you when you get asked to speak, Paul, do you still have that hit you of like, I don't have much to offer, I don't have much to say? Yeah, I mean, there's always this like, oh my God, it's, I'm not good enough. Unworthiness is something that I think every addict deals with and it gets better, but it doesn't kind of disappear. You know what I mean? But we get better. We just do it so many times that we start to kind of feel that. Yeah. And the other thing is, we don't have to believe what we think. Hey, that's really good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. And thank God for that. That's really cool. We don't have yeah. to believe it. I can think about getting high all day long. And if I don't, I'm good. And the thing, too, is like, I never know who needs to hear my message just like when other people speak and share and I hear something that touches my spirit and I'm like and they were honest and I needed that you know I man, that's what it's about Welcome back, everyone. We're at the How with Chris M, and she's going to speak on integrity. But first, Chris, can you tell us your clean date, where you attend meetings, and can you give your home group a shout-out? Oh, uh, where I attend is in Port Walton, but they moved. They closed it down. So it's a Trinity Church, and it's called uh, Clean and Serene. It's an NA meeting. It's, I've got a home group. I have a sponsor, and I'm very grateful. What's your clean date? Oh, it's October, uh, no, it's June, well, here it is, it's June 10th. 1985. Put, uh, 1985. Fantastic. <laughs> See, I'm getting old, so I'm getting old. No, when you get old, everything kind of melts get, together. And when you hit a certain milestone, you just get it printed on yeah, your shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to shirt. remind you, said, read the shirt. My, my, my group has integrity. They watch out for me and have flashlights and That's protect really cool. me from me in the woods. Good. So, Chris, what, that, what, are, what are your thoughts on integrity? Integrity is the basis for my recovery. Mm. I have to have that integrity. So, uh, you know, believe to be true to my own self, to be true to God, to search out people who are like-minded, who believes in the honesty of this program and the honesty of being honest. Mm. Bottom line, if I'm dishonest, that's my whole disease is based on dishonesty. And I, it does, it's, it's based on dishonesty. I lie to myself, I lie to others to protect myself because I'm full of fear. Mm. Fear and insecurities and all those horrible human traits that belong to a human being. I'm worthless sometimes. And bottom line, I mm. need to have that God of my understanding. And I didn't understand how I got here. But over the decades, I understand him by sharing my experience. Everything that comes to me is a blessing. And he is my all in all. Sober is great, but I need to have that focus on that higher power. He teaches me, he lifts me up, he guides me, and he gives me, instills me with peace. So you didn't walk in with integrity, right? Oh, but God. I'm <laughs> So how, 
where did that where did that start to develop? If there's somebody who's new listening, how did that integrity start to develop in your program? Where did it start? I, it started in that inner voice when I reached out and said, "God help me, what have I become?" I didn't believe in God. I did not know. I did not know. I was trying to survive. But bottom line, when I did that, I said, "God help me." You know, said, what have I become? I become a horrible, worthless thing. Nothing I ever wanted to be. And what he did for me, he just gave me an inner voice. And he gave me Bill W. Spiritual Awakening. I had the room light up. I was filled with the peace that passes all understanding because I was sick from the time I was a child until I found drugs and alcohol. And it just made it worse. Mm. And what he did was he gave me, he gave me my life back. He gave me love. I was always looking for love in the wrong places. Mm -hmm. Today I have the love deep inside me for you. Mm -hmm. And when I was drinking and using, the drug was more important than anything yeah. else to get. Mm -hmm. I yeah. would do anything. Even if we had the feel, ability to love, I, like the capacity of it was, was severely altered. I was, yeah. I was, I came from a long line of uh, bad alcoholics and drug addicts, and I'm a matriarch. I've made my amends. All of them have mm. died. My son's going to prison. Please pray for him again. Okay. And unfortunately, they're tr they're not kidding. It's death. Inst I just lost a girl yesterday. Of uh, Dave, this last week, she was my sponsor. I've lost many of them to this disease. Mm. They die. They, they overdose. Uh, they put things more important than our higher power. Mm. And when you do that, you're lost. You need to have that integrity of being and going towards the right way of living. Right, welcome back, everyone. We're at the How with Brandon H. He's going to speak on open-mindedness. But first, Brandon, can you tell us your clean date, where you attend meetings, and can you give your home group a shout-out? Yes, my clean date is January 23rd, 2021. I attend meetings in Baldwin County. My home group is Fully Freedom Group. One and a half cakes, huh? Good. Cake and a half. Cake and a half. Brandon, can you share your thoughts on open-mindedness? Um, I don't know. Open-mindedness is a big one for me because I was stuck in addiction and didn't think that my life could ever change or I could change. Mm. Um, and, you know, I had been in and out of rehab. And in the last one I was in, I got introduced to it, And I made myself go to a meeting. The very first day I got out. Ah, there you go. When I left rehab, I was still going to do the small drugs, like drink. Oh, yeah. Smoke, yeah, of know. course. Um, makes, makes perfect sense. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> take the edge off. <laughs> I started coming. I knew that if I wanted to stay clean, I, all the people I knew in my life used. So mm. I knew if I wanted to stay clean, I had to get all new friends. And my only way of making new friends was that meeting. So as I was suggested, I did my 90 and 90, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I got so involved with the group, felt so welcome, and you know I'm a little over a year and a half clean now, and these are the best people I've ever met in my life. Well, you bring up that's such a that's such a great point of. You know, when, when folks get clean and they say, look, I have to I have to disassociate myself with, most likely using buttons. Yeah, with, absolutely. But, you know, disassociate, but they, what the fuck am I going to do? Who am yeah. I going to You know what? No, that's the importance of hit, go to a meeting every day. Go to a meeting. You start to meet people. That's, very that's the soon, thing. You won't have enough hours in the day to, to I just want to go back to something. How many... 
how many rehabs have you been through? Three. Three. Okay, so there's somebody listening who's in in a rehab, you know, because we, 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 a lot of people, they listen to us in rehabs. What, what was the difference this time? How did you change from the first two to make the difference? Um, to be honest, the rehab I was in, I had some people in there that I really connected with that mm. had clean time in the past, and they kind of, yeah. me and him kind of clicked, and he became my uh, roommate there, and he kind of pushed me a lot, like, look, we can do this. There, not many people are going to get out of here and stay clean over a year. Mm. And it was our thing, like, we're going to do this shit, and we're going to get out and stay clean over a year. Isn't that great? Yeah. Was it a counselor in there? Or, or no, he's a roommate. Another patient. Another patient yeah, was, but who was a retread? Like, right, you know, right. who... Yeah. Uh, older gentleman, I always kind of go to the older people, you know, and uh, <laughs> it was... An awesome experience. He reminded me a lot of my cousin that was a murderer a few years prior to wow. that. Wow. So it was, and then he had the same name as him. So it's kind of that's a interesting. Thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Serendipity. Excellent. Here we go. What are we doing? Right, welcome back, everyone. We're here at the house with Joe T. And Joe's going to speak on love. But first, Joe, can you tell us your clean date, where you attend meetings, and can you give your home group a shout out? I'd love to. Uh, I attend meetings in. Uh, the Baldwin County area of Alabama, um, Pensacola area of Florida, and my home group is, uh, I forgot now, <laughs> back to life, back to life, group in Pensacola. absolutely, Saturday night, Saturday night, 6.30 in Pensacola, and it's, uh, it's a great meeting, you should come, we'll welcome you with a cup of coffee, anyways, uh, my clean date is, uh, May 12th till 2020. 2021, I'm sorry. 2021. Yeah. It's okay. Sorry. We got you. So what's your thoughts on love? So uh, when I came into recovery, uh, I had a, a, the God that I grew up with, you know, and it, and it didn't, at some point it started to not work for me. And I had to reevaluate. And for a long time, I, I had a higher power that didn't have a name. And then uh, recently, I was doing step work with my sponsor, and through doing the step work, I realized that love is my higher power. Mm. And so, as we're going through the step work, he's reading, and he started replacing uh, God or, or higher power, or whatever it was, with the word love, and it works every single time. And I was just blown away, and I was—it was just like a sign of love, you know. And and I feel like love is. Love is just what makes the world around, you know. It's interesting to hear people's different perspectives on, it is. on what I like that. As a, you know, it doesn't always need to, to fit into the deity box. Doesn't. You know, sometimes we get a little hyper focused on that. Yeah, if whether it is or isn't. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And both it, ways, it, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. So how how do you um, how do you get on sharing about this in mean, meetings? Are you letting people know like, hey, this is. This is how. This is to what care that I'm turning my will over to. Yeah, I mean every chance I get. Uh, what I. Uh, yeah. So and, and I mean I just I share very clearly like that. You know, like because at some point that that first higher power I started feeling judged by. I started feeling um, like the things that that were important to me were wrong. Hmm. Um, I started feeling very guilty, very ashamed, and and love has none of that. Yeah. And, and we talk a lot about that, about how you know relationship with God 
shame shame isn't shame's not, not like a requirement to have a relationship with a loving god yeah i don't think i don't think condemnation or any of that is part of a higher power especially a higher power in narcotics anonymous <laughs> loving and caring you can't love and care and put somebody down you can't right that's impossible so that condemnation that we all kind of do to ourselves that's really is, what it is. It's it is. We condemn it ourselves. It is. And, and what we do, here's a big word, anthropomorphize, we put that on somebody else, a deity. We think because we're condescending and judgmental and intolerant that that must be what that is. And that's not what we What's do. What's the word again? Anthropomorphize. You can hit the pause. <laughs> Why you look that? Why you look that? Uh, Will you spell it too? It's, it's very real, isn't it? It's like, wow, you know, the characteristics that, you know, I, what I beat myself up with is, is, our, is my higher power beating me up with the same one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's, a, it's an old way of thinking. It is an old way of thinking. God is not, is not any of that. So I suppose what you're saying is that my opinion of what my higher power is is a reflection of me. It's a reflection of you. That's all that is. I had to turn that into love. Welcome back, everyone. We're here at the house with Lydia B, and she's going to speak on healing. But first, Lydia, can you tell us your clean date, where you attend meetings, and can you give your home home group a shout out? Um, my clean date is uh, December 12, 1990, uh, where I attend groups is Northside Connection in Pensacola, Florida. What else did you want? That's it. That's okay. that covers right. everything. <laughs> I love this topic right here. This is yeah. good. Uh, well, uh, just a little bit of background. When I got here, I was not just dealing with re uh, needing to get off drugs. I was also dealing with PTSD from my childhood. Okay. And uh, so I had to go outside of recovery to deal with it, but I had to stay in recovery mm. to deal with it. Mm. And here's the really cool thing is that 30 years later, I am now a trauma therapist for adolescents so that way maybe they won't show up here. Mm. And so for those of us who get here, we have a lot of healing to do. And sometimes we have a lot of healing to do from our childhood. Sometimes we have healing to do from um, our things that we did. And Using, addiction, absolutely, addiction, absolutely. Because, you know, a lot of us gave of ourselves for the drugs in ways that we would never do clean. Hmm. And we did things for drugs that we would never do clean. And um, at least I did. And I hear it from other people. And sometimes things were taken from us that would not ha usually happen to us clean because we have a different lifestyle clean. Hmm. Do, you, do you think we're a little hesitant now to talk, maybe to talk openly about saying, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going somewhere outside of NA for healing? Well, I think she brings up a good point. The, it, it doesn't have to be this or that. It has to be these, right? right? <laughs> do we share about that enough? Do I don't yeah. think we do. I think there's always, I can do it here. I'm going to muster one through. Uh, one but problem, one solution. But without both, we can't stay clean Absolutely. a lot of us. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm just one of those that if I went to my therapist, and then didn't go to a meeting, I would probably have used that same night. Well, I think we as a fellowship have to recognize that we are, we have a primary purpose. Doesn't mean we have only one purpose, but we have a primary purpose. And sometimes it's to support people in whatever journey they're doing to to feel healed. Right. You know, that's the thing. Home base is clean. 
Home base is home clean. Base is clean. Right. Let the dust settle, Look. and then we'll figure out, oh, I need to go here to get healing in this. Like you said, trauma yes. or something like this. And, and it comes out a lot for a lot of women, and I'm going to specify women sure. because I've never heard a man's four-step, so I'm just going to specify women. <laughs> but for a lot of women, it comes out in their four-step. Right. Hey, I have been traumatized because of... Right. And a good sponsor is going to say, you need a therapist because as a sponsor, I can't guide you here. And it doesn't even matter if they got alphabet soup behind their name. They're the sponsor, not the therapist. Mm. So, you know, I have alphabet soup behind my name and, and I'm working to get more alphabet soup behind my name because I want to be able to help people. You know, recovery gave me that gift because of the 12 step. Yeah. And I go outside of the rooms to be able to do 12 step. I, I think the message that Lydia brings and, and, and is so important and gets lost so much, whether it's church, whether it's therapy, medicine, religion, and psychiatry, we're not sufficient. That doesn't mean they don't have value. Absolutely. <laughs> sufficient. Sufficient. Yeah. sufficient. We need more. We need more. Because, there's, because drugs gave us that more, that gave us that substitution that worked for us for a period of time, and then it began working against us. But her message is, do all of it. Absolutely. Don't pick one over Absolutely. the other. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the message. Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We're here, at the, we're here at the How with Grant G. He's going to speak on humility, but first, Grant, can you tell us your clean date, where you attend meetings, and can you, can you give your home group a shout-out? Sure. Um, my uh, clean date is 10-20-2013, and I'm from Dothan, Alabama, and I go to the Big D, uh, which is Deliverance Group. <laughs> I saw a smile there. I saw a smile there. I, I know I get you I'm always in for the Big D. <laughs> Me too. That's most of Hasten when I say that. So I hope he's listening. And, and, folks, as you can tell, this one is is, is a special one. Special he's question. wearing his Christmas onesie, and it's October 2nd, so right. just give you a visual there. Right. I lost some time there. Grant, what, what's your thoughts on humility? Well, you know, it's funny because I teach some of my sponsors, you know, humility and open minds go hand in hand. And my sponsor always says that humility is like key to all the principles because, and the steps because keep is teachable. And mm -hmm. as I'm going into my ninth year soon, I find myself sometimes I have to practice what I preach because some days I want to go to the meeting and some days I'm trying to find an excuse just to get busy with life. And I've had to center myself back to with my recovery even tighter you know i've got some new sponsees so i make more meetings and i'm trying to get that balance back again you know and i start a new job which i'm trying to make a good impression so i'm working a lot of extra hours and i'm finding myself torn but still trying to put my recovery first which i always need to and i have this healthy fear of going back out because i don't want to go back mm -hmm. you know, i've come a long way i've used the steps to quit smoking after i was diagnosed with COPD. So the steps has helped me in more ways than one, right? Right. And I don't want to go back. So I mean, if humility is the key, then I think that's the humility is key to longevity. What helps you with maintaining that humble spirit? What, how, how, like, what's the you talk, Douglas talks about action items. What are the action items to stay humble? Well, I, well, first I, you know, I work with newcomers and I mm. see the pain. You know, a lot of times I have to get my own pain. You know what I mean? Like, I'll get busy and, and with life in general, and then I'll tell myself, well, I need to call my sponsor about it because it's not that big of a problem. Or I'll go to meet and share about it. Well, it's not that big of a problem. Tell me in some kind of pain, and then I find myself sharing, like, no, you should have done it sooner. You know, mm -hmm. if I was more humble from the start, 
practicing more what I preach, then I could have got to the root of the problem sooner. You know what I mean? And it, it always comes full circle for me. You know what I mean? And I find humility is for anybody. No matter how long you've been clean, if you're new or you've been clean 30 years, humility has got to be clean. Oh, bro, it, it, it says, what is it, step six or seven, you know, in the basic text, it says, humility as much as part of staying clean as food and water is to staying alive. That's right. That's yeah, yeah. And, and look, the very first act of walking into a room with of strangers and saying, I'm here, I need help, is probably the most humble thing. So if you are listening and you're new, you have the requisite amount of humility that made you walk into that first meeting and just say, I need help. That's that's as humble as we need, and we can work with that. Yeah, I'll tell my sponsors all the time, you've worked probably on uh, surrender, humility, and acceptance. When you first walk in, you just don't even know. Yeah. Perfect. So, I hope you've enjoyed uh, our voices from the howl. We're so glad that we could do this out in the woods with nature. Jennifer? This has been a great experience. Love meeting new folk, love being out in nature. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. So great to be here with you guys. Hope you enjoyed uh, all the different voices. And look forward to hearing from us soon.